a Real Talk podcast with your host, my big sister Michael, and my dad Guy. I'm Trinity. In today's episode, they're going to be talking about bullying. Daddy Michael, over to you. Thank you, Trinity. As always, it is a pleasure to be here again. I am the daddy guy, and as always, joined by... The Princess Michael. The Princess Michael. So, before we jump off into our topic of discussion for today, I figured it'd be cool to just kind of check in, see if there's anything new going on in your life, anything anything you want to talk about or mention. What's going on with you, kid? So, siblings have thankfully not killed each other yet, or gotten into extreme fights, so that's a plus in my book. I've that's been a able huge to just plus. <laughs> I'm glad everybody's still alive. Yeah, I've been able to just kind of chill out. My sister and I made ice cream. We did not burn down the house. <laughs> yes, fire was involved. Which okay. is so weird when you think about it. Yeah, but you have to you have to melt the sugar into the milk. Right. But uh, so we made we made Kit Kat peanut butter ice cream. It was really good, and uh, we our puppy is doing amazing. He's Training is going well. That is great. We have very few accidents, and when they are accidents, it's because we looked away for like one second. Yeah, that's what happens. Biting is still an issue a little bit. God, his teeth are so sharp. I'm sorry, they're going to hear clicking while I reset my little uh, stopwatch so that I can make sure I am tracking our time. Yeah, okay. It doesn't really want to work well for me, so we'll just let that thing run. Um, okay, want to keep these short, and it's a it's a good topic today that could go on for just a little while, so we'll see how it goes. But um, oh, and other new news, we know now that you guys are going to be uh, doing the distance learning thing for the first yep. semester of school, which is really a bummer, um, particularly for you and Trinity, who are both entering into new schools. Like actually, like not only in a new actual school, it's a brand new, recently built school. Yeah, you guys are the first class to go to it. Kind of sucks. Yeah. Everything is new. Yeah, and now we're not going to be able to enjoy it, at least for the first semester, and that's really a downer. Because I was is. really looking forward to it. But, yeah. you know, I'd rather not go to the hospital, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was a... Rather was, not die. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was definitely one of those difficult, difficult decisions for your mom and me. Um, all three of you would just love to go back to school, which is really weird for me. I don't know. But Yeah, I have like hated school all my life. Well, not really like yeah, hate, not hate, but you like school. I, I like I liked school, but I like being on break even more. But right. now I'm just like I'd rather be in school than be doing these breaks. Ooh, sorry about that. Yeah, um yeah, it's a difficult thing, right? Uh we want to send you guys back, but we also just don't feel like our kids should be the guinea pigs out there seeing if somebody's gonna catch that Rona when you get back up into school. So yeah, yep. each parent can make their own decision, but for us, like, eh, let's see how things go first. And if everything is cool, then you know, the second semester is always there for you guys to check mm-hmm. out your new schools. Um kinda reminds me of like a college setup. Yeah. Like a semester thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, you're getting close, man. You're getting close. Yeah. Three more years. I'm surprised that I even got that actually right. I thought you were gonna shoot me down. No. <laughs> Look what YouTube teaches you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, man. Um Okay, so off to our, our work topic. Has been bad. Hmm? Work has been bad for you. Work? Yeah. Work has been it's, annoying. It's been annoying. Um, I wouldn't say work has been annoying. I, I definitely wouldn't say that. Uh, I work with fantastic people. Um, I'm really, really happy with where I'm at. I'm happy with the team I'm on. Um, it's just been a challenge just trying to get, get, get my rhythm 
if you will. Yeah. It's uh, it's weird. I'm not, and that's the part of it that's annoying. Yeah, because it's like, <laughs> uh, I'm not working a full 80 hours, but I'm not working a part-time thing. I'm just kind of in and out and in and out. And it's, you know, like I said, it's just difficult to, to find my rhythm. Unsteady lives are chaotic yeah. and stressful. <laughs> very, very much so. That's why I didn't want to do hybrid learning. So I'm kind of okay with doing full-on distance because <laughs> that would just be weird. It's yeah, hybrid. Weird. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like the rhythm would be weird. Like the only other option was to go to school two days out of the week and then you're still doing distance learning. So it's like... Yeah, I get it. Eventually you would be able to get it, but I'd rather just stick with full-on distance learning from the beginning so that I would have some sort of normalcy in this yeah. abnormal time. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, yeah. So that's what's going on with us. Uh, so let's jump off into our topic. We knew that this was going to be uh, up there on the list as far as one of the things that would be really cool to talk about. And well, this it's one of like, the very first things that we were going to end up doing, but then stuff popped up and... Yeah. Due to relevance, we were just like, all right, let's just do this first. And yeah, we we'll can always it do road, it another time. Kick it down the road a little bit. But, you know, the concept of this podcast is for fathers and daughters and for, you know, just parents and children to be able to have conversations about things that are taking place in your lives so that we can understand better what your reality is like. And then you can understand better the things that parents have to think about and consider when we're making tough what decisions. goes through their mind. Yeah, yeah. What goes through our minds. Um, and so this one, we, I, I really wanted to sit down and talk to you about bullying. Yes. What is, see the bullying that you guys deal with in this generation compared it's to. It's very different to past generations. Yeah, it's very different. This um, generation is also just a whole bunch of. <laughs> well, uh, I'm probably going to edit that out because <laughs> that word, uh, that, maybe I'll leave it in. I have to think about it. Um, what does that word mean to your generation weaklings weaklings okay we'll see if that stays in that, okay. that, has, a, that has different connotations to it it could be really offensive to certain groups of people um okay but anyway it's okay so yeah so let me just say so when we were coming up bullying was schoolyard fighting it was the things that you see in movies that used to happen with the big guy you know knocks over the little guy and steals his lunch or his lunch money and yeah um a little bit of a little bit of bullying um, that that can take place, um, but it's totally different from yours. So I'll tell you my story, and then I want to hear yours. So right. I was subject to bullying when I was going into the tenth grade. So your age, yeah. Um, we had just moved from no, I was going into the ninth grade. Ninth grade, yeah, 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 yeah. Going into the ninth grade, um, we had just moved from Connecticut to Chesapeake, Virginia, but we were because of where we lived and the way they did the lines, the school that I went to in Chesapeake was the quote-unquote black school. Um, it was in the, um, I don't want to say lower-income area. It was just it was just a little bit more urban, which is weird because it's Chesapeake, and there's really no urban in Chesapeake. But, um, but yeah, it was a black school, very much predominantly black. And we had just finished living in, in Connecticut for the second time for a number of years. And so I spoke really really properly like very proper um and I show up at this school with all these black kids and they joned on me so hard because I sounded so white when I talked <laughs> um and and I hated it like I, I I didn't know what they were talking about I knew I sounded different because we grew up all over the United States and so I didn't really have a discernible accent like you can't 
even now yeah. you can't listen to me and be like, oh, you're from Louisiana or, oh, you're from Texas or you're from Boston like I, or you're from New York. Like I just don't have an accent, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I got joned on so hard because I spoke so properly, you know, according to them. And yeah. so that whole first year, um, I was trying to discover myself. Like, it really messed with my identity. It was like, who are you? You know, are you just Uncle Tom, Cracker, you know, chocolate on the outside, white on the inside? Like, who are you? Like, I felt challenged. And um, and I was trying to figure that out for myself because I was like, well, you know, is something wrong with me? Like, what? why, why do they feel like they need to join on me about it? And um, so what I did was I did bad in school on purpose. I made my mm. first F I'd ever made in class. Um, I intentionally didn't do great in school because I didn't want, I was already catching flack for the way I talked. And I also didn't want to like be a nerd on top of it and all of that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, didn't want the quote unquote weirdness to start piling up. Yeah. Like I, I, I got with, you know, a pretty bad crew. Um, we, we did things that I'm definitely not proud of, but, uh, you know, all of that was just me trying to discover my own identity as, you know, as a black man, um, just, just coming mm-hmm. up, I was 14. So I'm just, I was just trying to figure some things out, um, in an environment because, you know, my parents were in the military. So we always went to the local school around the military base and it was all just military kids. And, you know, we, everybody just handled themselves differently. This, when we moved, to Chesapeake, it was the first time we actually lived in our own home that we purchased. Like, it wasn't military housing. It wasn't an apartment. It was like our own spot. Um, and that meant that we went to a school that wasn't associated with a military base. And so it was a whole different group of kids that I had never been around that much in my life. And so yeah. it was, I know the impact it had on me. I know the impact it had on my self-esteem, on my self-identity. Um, and it's something that's carried forward. Um, there's still scar tissue from that that carries forward into adulthood when I'm around again my black peers um is it is it funny because I I speak a little bit differently or am I not black enough am I not hood enough am I not whatever am I good enough mm-hmm. I'm fine with all of that now but those things can leave scars um on you and I know that you've experienced something very similar so I want to turn it over to you and hear your story So it was 2013-2014 school year, third grade, and I'm able to figure that out easily because of the way how the grades are. I won't get into it here, but yeah, 2005 born, the grades kind of match up. Um, The grades match the year, got it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was these four girls. We had just moved to this new place, and um, I think... This time, when I entered the classroom... You can say it. It's okay. Yeah. It was KIS, Korean International School of Seoul. Yeah. So we had just moved to Seoul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really embarrassing because I remember when I came in, I think class was already started. It was something weird. I can't remember if it was that school or the school I transferred to after the school year, but... Um, class was already started and they were working on something so everyone looked up and looked at me and I'm always, I was already shy at this time so I just felt really embarrassed and felt like crying because everyone was staring at me and I was yeah. the new kid and they're just like who is this who's this chick so you're right let me just set the stage a little bit so we got there about a month after school had started um, there was a couple of different schools you could go to we decided to put you in what was basically the prep school it was the 
super elite, prepare your kids for college, even though they're in the third grade type of type of private school. Um, very regimented, very strict and, and, and hard uh, in a lot of ways. So you show up as the new kid, school had just started, what happens? So, you know, eventually I start getting used to things, right? Um, there were three different playgrounds. There was like a normal playground and then this like kind of inside the school building, but like courtyard sort of a playground, which had um, not blacktop or mulch, but it had like this spongy ground on it. Hold on a second, you hear that, right? Is that like an airplane flying over? It sounds like it's leaving. I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> so yeah, it had this kind of spongy ground, mm-hmm. and it was like all blue themed, and then there was the um, soccer field. So those were the three different playgrounds, and I remember I would play with these certain group of kids, some of them were in my class, and we would do kickball pretty much every single day because people were either off in their own groups, still eating their leftover lunch, or playing kickball. So, one of these days, I decided to go hang out with these group of girls who were kind of just hanging out and playing on their own, because I didn't want to continue eating. I think I was full, or I finished my food. I can't remember which one, but I was tired of playing kickball because I did that pretty much every day, so I was just like, well, there's these group of girls. They're just kind of hanging out, so maybe I'll go ahead and try to play with them, right? Right. Makes sense. Big mistake. Big mistake. Yeah, they they did not like me. And I remember one of these times when we were playing in the gym, I threw a basketball, and one of the girls, the leader, she walked right under the basket as my basket went through, and then it hit her on the head, and they did not like me even more. <laughs> <laughs> that happened after you had tried to befriend them out at the playground? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, so one of these times... They allowed me to play their game. This was when Frozen first came out. Mm-hmm. So we were going to play a Frozen game. And they purposely made me the mom so that I'll die after, like, first three minutes of playing. Oh, my God. And then they're, I remember after afterwards they were just like, you can go now. The mom's dead. And wow. then they gave me this look that just made me feel so bad. And so it wasn't even, like, physical bullying. It was emotional verbal right. bullying right and so you which know, can be so much worse yeah especially because after that i found out that i'm a people pleaser so i kept on going back to them trying to figure out what was wrong with me mm-hmm. and why they didn't like me mm-hmm. so there was it was four girls there was the leader the right hand girl the one who didn't really want to be there she never really did anything she was one of the ones who kind of like gave me sorry looks mm-hmm. she didn't really do anything but she didn't do anything to stop it either And then there was the one who was my fake friend. Um, We were in P-Bone Club, which is plastic trombone. And when we were there, um, she was always, like, nice to me. But then when she was with the girls, she was really mean. So, Mm. but because she would always come back and be like, sorry, you know, (laughs) it was just a joke. Then I was just like, okay, well, then she's actually my friend. And then she's not my friend, but she's my friend. And people got to remember you were in third grade. So, yeah, yeah, you were very young. Eight. Yeah. I was around eight. Seven, seven, eight, yeah. Seven, eight, nine, something like that. But, um, yeah, I was very confused after that. And so eventually it got to the point where, like, I just felt very broken. And um, being the new kid, I was meeting up with the principal at least once a week. I remember we would do little projects, and I wrote a very bad story. It was very cringy. 
<laughs> Rapunzel's <laughs> type of story. Um, and I also made like a duct tape flower. But yeah, so mm. I, I told her about what was going on. And so we met with the leader of the group. Yeah. And, you know, it was me, her, the principal. And the principal was a woman. Yeah. I, I remember that distinctly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she was told to stop. She said that she would stop and it didn't stop. And so things got worse. Yeah, it just, it continued. And I don't know why I kept on going back to them. I wanted to be good enough. Yeah. I wanted to be good enough. And I was, again, still bored with kickball. So still to this day, when I play kickball, I just can't get that off my mind. And now, as a result of what happened that year, I am even more shy. And it's gotten increasingly worse to the point where now when I have to give presentations in class, I start shaking my hands start shaking and I can't stop and then I can't sometimes I can't talk because I'm trying not to cry and it it's it got really and all bad of this, all of this social uh, anxiety yeah social anxiety yeah and all of it is rooted in something that happened to you like six seven years ago yeah seven years ago yeah it really damaged me so let's talk about it. What what impact did that have on you? I understand you say you have social anxiety, difficulty doing presentations. Um, go go a little bit deeper. Than it's really one. hard for me. Like before, I was pretty okay. Like um, I remember at my very first school that I went to, um, I used to put on little concerts during recess. I would sing, and mm-hmm. then people would applaud me and cheer for encores and stuff, and then mm-hmm. I would just keep going. Um, but now it's to the point where I don't want to be called out during roll call just because, you know, people made fun of my name, Michael, right? And I'm a girl and they would mispronounce my name. And then it's just those things on top of what already happens just makes me feel really embarrassed about myself sometimes. And so, like, I don't want people to look at me. I don't want people to <laughs> so anything you're saying that me. The- so the bullying, especially people my age, it's really difficult with people my age. I don't want to meet people my age. I don't want to meet anybody. <laughs> I don't want to meet anybody. Yeah, no, I understand that. So you're saying that. Uh, so the bullying that you were subjected to uh, in the third grade, like it impacted your self esteem to the point where you just you lost your self esteem, or you don't have any self belief, or. What is it? What has it done to you? To the point where, like, if people didn't want to like be my friend, I would feel like something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And now it's to the point where I don't even want to try to be their friend because I'm afraid of rejection. Ooh, interesting. Okay. I guess that's the way to word it. That that's an interesting way to word it. Um, fear of rejection. Yeah, I think everybody can understand that and relate to that. Yeah. Um, but it's like so deep where like if I'm not good enough I just get completely destroyed so I guess the question is if going through the bullying experience caused a a lower self-esteem that has then just gained this momentum over the years where you've kind of fed that beast inside of you and and allowed it to grow and get to where it's um it's kind of consumed you in that way then how do we how do we hit the reset button? How do we get back to our self worth? How do we get back to recognizing who we actually are, and not allowing 
third grade girls from a private school in Korea to still seven years later be dictating to you your self-worth. Because that's actually what's happening. Yeah. It's still those same little girls from that, that same period of time, way back then, with their own personal issues and stuff they were doing. It's still carrying forward to this day. And you, in a lot yeah. of ways on the inside, are still that same little third grade girl wondering why these girls don't want to be her friend and why she's not good enough. How do we yeah. move past that? Uh, for me, it's not something that I'm consciously doing, willingly holding on to it. Mm-hmm. It's just something that's been like nagging at the edges of my consciousness. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's not something that I'm trying to hold on to. I've been trying to get over it since that year. Um, especially in that following year after, which then I went to like a Christian school, so I felt very safe. But then I got out of that and I did not feel safe again. I didn't want to go to another (laughs) school like that. Um, So no, it was not something that I was trying to hold on to. I've been trying to kind of get over it. And now it's at this point where I'm just, I'm over it and I'm trying to get over it. I'm done (laughs) Like, I'm just completely done. I'm just like, okay, seriously? Like, seriously? And then my brain's just like, yes, seriously, get out of this situation right now. <laughs> no socializing. So, so it's not something that I'm trying to... I'm trying to get rid of it. I'm not trying to hold on to it, but it's something that's just, like, embedded in me now. Well, like I told you, um, <laughs> like I told you from, from, from the beginning, um, I went through my own experience, and you're, you're going to... There's things that are going to happen to you as you as you develop, not not just as a child. There's things that can happen to you as an adult that can leave scar tissue that's just going to be there. And, and it's OK. You recognize it. You acknowledge it. What you don't allow it to do is to hold you back or redefine you. Right. Yeah. So uh, it, it took it took a while for me to be comfortable enough in my own skin to be like, dude, like I'm dope. I don't have to talk a certain way, dress a certain way. Or have a certain background in order to be cool. Like, I'm just dope the way I am. (laughs) And that's a cool place to be, right? But if the wrong person says the wrong thing at the wrong time, it can trigger me for a second. And then I start looking like, ooh, wait, no, I'm questioning myself again. And then I I, I brush the dust off my shoulders and just keep it moving. And and just be thankful that I'm dope, right? So for you, okay, (laughs) you've mentioned a couple times on the pod that you view yourself as just being kind of socially awkward a little bit or whatever. You're just a, yeah. you're, you're a super introvert. I, I don't think you're awkward. I just think you're introverted. I think you, uh, yeah. you really love your, your quiet time where you can just be creative by yourself. Like whether you're designing, you're doing your own thing, you're, you're doing stuff for your YouTube channel, mm-hmm. the things that you have going on, um, you just like, you, you live inside your head in this really cool creative space. And that's dope. Like that's cool. It's so take that and set that to the side. The the impact of the bullying is when you start questioning yourself, when you start doubting, am I worthy? Am I good enough? Is anybody ever really going to like me? Can I make friends? Anyone who looks popular, stay away from them because I'm the nerd and I'm the weird one. So they will never be friends with someone like me. Just kind of stay away from all that. So I think it's great that you don't define, I hope you don't define your self-worth based on whether other people find you worthy. Your self-worth, your value has to be determined and dictated by your own belief in yourself. 
And you have to be able to look at yourself and see yourself for everything that you are. You are incredibly beautiful. I, I literally, I, <laughs> you guys can't see it, but um, last year she was going to, what, what, homecoming dance? Was it? Yeah, it was my first homecoming. First homecoming. And they wanted me to choose the outfit. Now, I wasn't here. I was out of the country. So they sent me to three pictures, for three different dresses that she had on. And I hung them. Now, you were 14 at the time. I was 13 right before 14. You I were think just it was, turning, it was yeah, the yeah, weekend yeah, that's before right, my that's birthday. Right. Yeah, it was right before your birthday. So you're just going to turn 14. The pictures were so beautiful. And she looked so amazing. I hung them in my office where I was. And the first person who came in and saw it said, man, your wife looks young, but she is beautiful. And I was like, thank you. That's my 13-year-old daughter. (laughs) Yeah, it's so cringy, right? And uh, people started hearing about it, and and they just wanted to come in and see my daughter that's hanging in my office. And they were like, your daughter is gorgeous. Is she a model? And I'm like, no. It's like, she's um, got to be 16 or 17. And she's like, no. Yeah, they thought you were you were prepping for your prom because you were about to graduate from high school and stuff. Like, your your hair is beautiful. Your skin tone is just amazing. You, you have, you know, you, you're you're slim. You, and all that, like, I'm not going to say anything cringy. You just, you're, you're, you're an attractive person, right? You're beautiful. But more importantly, you're incredibly intelligent. You started school a year early. You've like, I don't think, like, ever made less than straight A's or maybe a little B here and there, but you've crushed it. You've always crushed it in school. Um, you, you, you go to church. You sing in the choir. You have a really good spirit about you. You've been essentially the babysitter of the family since you were, like, eight, taking care of your brother and sister. Always really responsible. Could leave you home alone, leave you with them so me and mom could actually go out. And that was when we were in we Korea. Had, we had like, an official babysitter. I was just the one who kept my siblings entertained. Like yeah. Fully yeah. making sure that they were entertained. But I guess my point is, those are the things that you really need to focus up on. Those are the things that you need to embrace. You need to embrace how intelligent you are. You need to be comfortable with the fact that, that you're beautiful and see yourself as a beautiful person inside and outside. Your, uh, your spirituality, like your soul, like... God made you and he, he made you perfect just the way that you are. And so you can't give other people the power to try to take that away from you. Like who the hell are they to try to make you feel less than? Because what you will find with bullies is that when they're doing that to other people, the issue is actually with them. There's a lot of people in this world that will try to bring you down to where they are rather than try to elevate themselves to get to where you are. So what you typically find with bullies is whatever it is they're, ta- they're attacking when it comes to you is the thing that they feel the most insecure about in themselves. So if they try to act like, oh, whatever, nerd, it's probably because they're making C's and D's and they wish they could make A's. Or when girls are like, whatever, you're funny looking, you should get away, whatever. What they're really thinking is, oh my gosh, I wish I looked like her. And I could, the last thing in the world they want is for you to know how beautiful you are. So they try to make you feel less than. That, it works if you don't have a strong sense of self. You need, that's your defense. Those are the, the shoulder pads, the helmets, the, the knee pads. It's, it's your protection. It's your shield yeah. from a world that's going to, always try to come at you in different ways and you have to have that 
that full armor that they talk about, right, in church, like the full armor of God. Like you got to have that full armor to protect yourself from the world. And that's our job. Like that's, that's probably my number one job as your father and as the, the role model type person that you're going to, you know, maybe go look for one day when you're trying to find like what man you're supposed to marry and all that. I have to try like every single day to remind you how dope you are. So that you have this really, not conceited, but a really strong sense of self. You need to know that you're smart. You need to know that you're pretty. You need to know that you're worthy. You need to know what your value is. So that when you do find the right person, they're going to value you the way you're supposed to be valued. Does that make sense? Yeah. Otherwise, oh, otherwise you're going to be one of those girls that's just going to fall in love with the first boy who actually tells you you're pretty. Because you'd never heard it before and you didn't think you were. And you're like, no, seriously, you're really pretty. Now let's go run away together. Like, whoa, no. (laughs) Like, that's the way that kind of thing happens. So it's really, really important to continue to reinforce that that self-worth and that self-esteem. What do you think? I think that I've always found my value in what other people said. Mm -hmm. And that's not a good thing. But, like, it's the sort of thing, like, I know I'm smart because my grades say so. I must look pretty because I got a lot of compliments today. Yeah, but here's so here's the thing I want you to remember. And this is important for all for actually it's really important for everybody, but particularly young young girls if you're listening to this. When you allow your self-worth and your your value to be dictated by what others say, you are literally giving them the power to control your emotions. It's also like when they do say it, I'm just like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. No, compliments are nice. I know, like, compliments are nice. But it's like when great. I get a compliment, I'm just like, yeah, okay, you're kidding. I know I look a hot mess or something. And it's like, no, you actually look really pretty today. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, sure. No, it's, it, you should hear the, the compliments. It's okay to take those compliments in and just be like, yeah. huh, that's cool. It's feedback. It's, it's just like when you get grades on the paper, it's nice to see the A because it reflects the, the work that you put in to gain the knowledge to pass the test. That's okay. And if somebody's, so it sounds like I'm talking to us both sides of my mouth. It's like, hey, the good things, hey, that's cool. You take that on board. The bad things, nah, man, that's water off your back. Don't listen to the bad. Now, I know that's, that's challenging and it's difficult. But the, if you already have a strong sense of self and good self-esteem, compliments are nice. It's like, huh, oh, that's cool. Appreciate it. But the bad stuff shouldn't be able to come through that, through that armor and make you start questioning who you are. You can't give that kind of power to other people. Yeah. You just can't. You have to own that yourself. And it's hard. And as hard as it is now, it's going to be so much harder when you get to college. Like, it's just going to be. Yeah. And you got to know that. You know what I mean? You're going to be on a campus... You're going to be there pretty much around the clock because you're probably not going to be living at home. And if you don't go to college with that full armor on and that really strong sense of self, there's going to be haters. There's haters everywhere. And you have to have that power and control because if you don't, you're going to still give it to these new people and allow them to dictate what your value and worth is. Yeah. um, I remember we went on this cruise and... um there was a song that played in the kids' section, and I was just hanging around. I had made a friend there. Mm-hmm. Friend, more like acquaintance, but <laughs> I like to say friend. 
Um, but I decided to listen to the music, and the song was Wings by Little Mix, and that helped me put on like the first bandage, pretty much on my arm. That's awesome. Go check I don't out even the, know song. What the song. It's really good. I'm gonna play for my dad after this. What's it called? Wings by Little Mix. Little Mix. Yeah, no, no that doesn't sound familiar at all. But I think that's dope. It was a lot of people. A really great song. It was like really what I needed to hear. That's called a theme song. A lot of people have their theme song, and depending on what you're doing, whether you're working out, or if you're trying to get your energy back during the day or whatever, it's cool to just have a theme song, something you can go to that can just like pump your spirit up and put you know put some air back into you, that kind of a thing. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's your theme song. If that's your theme song, that's your theme song. I guess the whole point is... It was we, my theme song for that point in my life. So I feel like I kind of rambled on a little bit, but it's, you know, we're as we start wrapping up the pod, um, bullies. So bullies suck. And the main thing that I would say to really try to keep in mind is that when bullies are attacking you, they're only attacking something they see in you that they hate about themselves. And it's their problem. They're the ones with the issue, not you. And we, as parents, have to continue to reinforce as much as possible your self-worth and, and your awesomeness so that, you, so that you can stand in that armor and, and stand true to yourself and believe in yourself and know yourself and all that. Can't have you guys get depressed over something some stupid kid does and and kids are taking their own lives kids are turning into alcohol kids are turning into drugs they're doing all of these things to to escape the the bullying that they're being subjected to by these punks and we have to make sure that that's not you yeah you really before you leave the house you don't know what's going on in another person's life so really you have to just Take a step back, you know, if you start feeling heated or if you are angry at this person because you are the bully or something. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going on in their lives. They could be lying about something bad. They could be hiding something bad. But you don't know what's going on and your actions might be that last drop in the bucket that causes them to do something really bad or that they'll regret later. Right. Right. You're 100% right. That's my thing. Like, I know that online is dangerous but, you know, I have these two people that I met who actually, like, they at least said so. I'm not, I don't know these people in real life, but apparently they were depressed and thinking about taking their life, you know. So they're still messaging me. So I say that I was able to help, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's why you don't mess with people online. Just choose to be a good person. Like, it's a choice. You can actually just choose to be a good person. Instead of choosing to be the person that bullies you in the third grade and then you carry that with you for the next seven, eight years or what have you, like you can have some real impact. Like you can do some real damage depending on how you engage with others. So why not, why not choose to be a positive uh, impact in somebody's life instead of a negative one? I just don't understand why you would choose to, to go the other route. But it's a, it's a good conversation topic. And it's definitely something that we have to be mindful of and just continue to work on as much as we can. And I really, really appreciate you um, being open and transparent with this one. I, I, uh, to, to those of you who are listening, um, first of all, if you are being bullied and you're thinking about doing anything negative to yourself, 
please make sure you talk to your parents. And if you can't talk to your parents, talk to your clergy or whatever church you go to or call the National Suicide Hotline and just talk with somebody. Because there's never, ever anything out there that is so bad that you can't come back from it. Um, and if you are a bully, man, just stop. Life's too short. Dude, love yourself. Like, stop stop trying to hurt yourself through others. Just love yourself enough to, to be a good person. Um, so with that, we're going to wrap this up. I have been Guy the Daddy, joined by... Michael the Princess. Michael the Princess. Um, please make sure that you... Uh, give this podcast a cool five stars. Uh, you can access it wherever you access your podcast, whether it's on iTunes or uh, or Apple Podcasts, I should say. Uh, Spotify, TuneIn, and other locations. Um, please give us the, the five stars and leave a comment. It really helps the channel. We appreciate it very much. Check out our other episodes. Yeah, definitely check out our episodes. Our other episodes will be coming back and doing this again soon. Uh, oh, and on Facebook, just put in Daddy Daughter Real Talk and you will find our page Please jump on in there, leave a leave a comment if you have a show idea um, that you want to share or if you just have feedback from the pod and you want to talk to us about your bullying experiences, those kinds of things. Um, topics, we would, topic hmm? requests. Yeah, topics, requests, like we'll definitely give you a shout out uh, in future pods. So with that, we appreciate you tuning in and we will do this again soon. Peace. See ya. Hi, this is Ty, and I would like to thank you for listening to the Daddy Daughter Real Talk podcast. Be sure to join us again soon. Until then, be blessed. Be blessed.